welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. On today's podcast, I have Bethany Meadows. She's going to talk to us about her journey as an entrepreneur, as a mom who was a single mom homeschooling six kids. And today, fast forward, she's ran a marketing agency, but today she's helping small business owners with Time to Thrive, which is a platform that allows you to have a membership and get coaching and all that good stuff that small business owners really need in order to succeed online. Welcome to the podcast, Bethany. Woo, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'm excited to have you. Absolutely. So let's go back many, many years. And tell us about your first job. Might've been in high school, might've been in middle school. I'm not sure. Ooh, that's a good one. I got fired from my first job. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I like the story already. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my first, you know, working for somebody else kind of job, you know, because my first actual business, I was eight years old. I started Bethany's Roadrunner Company. Um, I thought I was so clever and I put posters up in the uh, condominium where we lived and all the elderly people who lived there would use me to run to the store and get them this or that and run errands for them. So that was my very first business. Okay. But the first time I worked for somebody, I was 14 and I, wor- and I worked in an ice cream slash restaurant. It was like ice cream Sundays and stuff on one side and a restaurant on the other side. And I got fired from that job because I was, <laughs> I, was I looked older than I was. And I, I don't know if they just didn't understand. I was only 14, but I got no training. It was a disaster. So uh, yeah. we, we got just got to live, uh, live and learn and move on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's great. No, I, I, you know, I think most people have been fired at one point or another, even if you're your own business owner, I tell my kids all the time. I'm like, they're like, yeah, but you're your own boss. You said, no, I have clients. Those are my bosses kids. Okay. So I'm responsible to them. And if they don't want to work with me because I didn't hold up my end of the bargain, that's me getting fired. And they're like, oh, so yeah. yeah so even if you're true. your own, even if you're your own boss, you have, you know, you have your employees, you have your vendors, you have a lot of people responsible that you're responsible for. So, but it's funny but fast- how we talk about ourselves in third person, you know, like I have the worst boss ever, you know, or <laughs> my boss isn't going to be happy if I'm late tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. Funny. You, you have to, but you know, fast forward for me to when you come into momhood. So you're a mom and I know you're, you're going to tell us a story. You have yeah. two of your own and four that were foster. Is that right? No. So I have one biological. Okay. I have four foster kids that were adopted and I have two stepchildren. So I actually Whoa. have seven total. <laughs> one for each day of the week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that actually came into a factor when I was single and I had five and, you know, part of our, it, it would just land Monday to Friday and five kids and five days. And so, you know, that's how I divvied up the chores. <laughs> So everybody got to turn doing dishes or whatever. To to that end, it it probably it was helpful, right? I I know for for us too. I have four, as I was telling you, and you know, one does the vacuuming of the whole house, the other one does this, the other one. It does help as long as you do you do it that way, that it doesn't fall just to the parents or or whatever, whoever else is helping within the house. Oh, yeah. I mean, back, you know, so we're gonna go back a few years here and um you know, I went through a divorce. I had, it was only two years after the adoption. So I had gone from one to five kids and two years later, I was single with five kids. And so a huge adjustment. Um, I can't say that, you know, 
people would go, oh, you know, you wear a cape or, you know, whatever. And I was like, no, you don't know. I was <laughs> I was in a bad way. I was on the floor in my walk-in closet telling God all the reasons why he made a mistake in trusting me with these kids because I didn't know what I was doing and I was out of my element and you know, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? Is like when, to do something that really grows you and really changes who you are fundamentally mm-hmm. as a person, you have to do something hard. And yeah. that was my something hard. And people would say, oh, you've, you're changing those kids' lives. And I say, they have changed my life. They have made me better. They've made me a better person because it shifts your priorities. I had a license plate that said VP to be, I was all on the the corporate track. I was like, you know, headed for uh, success as an executive. That was my goal. And this just rocked my world. And then my family and my kids just became number one and in a different way than before. You know, I had a biological daughter, but when you have an only child and they're, you know, really sweet and they play well by themselves and, you know, it that's not being really apparent <laughs> in the same context that sure. I, I learned about. Yeah. So my world got rocked. Um, I started the business so that I could continue to homeschool the kids. They really needed to be there. They mm-hmm. were quite behind, like in years. None of them could read when I got them, 8, 9, 10, and 11, and could not read. And why did you uh, decide to homeschool? Because to me, again, as you know, I, we homeschool our kids too. Yeah. And, and there's, there's I, I, when people ask, is it harder? Or I said, it's, it's neither. You can't even compare. Right. It's just both, both, whether it's traditional school or homeschool or virtual school, like they all have pros and cons. And so it's not better or worse, but um, definitely the the day in day out being responsible for their education and and all the other stuff that you're trying to teach it is a bigger it, it's a lot more weight on your shoulders it's not to say that it's harder it's just a lot more weight so why did you choose to do that versus just sending them off so that you could go do the career yeah so i had started homeschooling my only child about a year and a half before mm-hmm. i got the other kids and my intention with that at the time she was being bullied the school had a lot of issues inside the school i didn't feel she was safe there mm-hmm. i had tried to get her into a private school but they were midway you know they had already started the school year and they had no seats left um, that they could give otherwise they're in jeopardy of losing their accreditation right if they have their mm-hmm. ratios are out of whack Um, So they wouldn't, I I couldn't get her in the private school. So I was like, what am I going to do? So somebody said, hey, why don't you just homeschool her for the rest of this year? And then you can get her into the private school next year. And I was like, okay, like I can probably handle that, right? I'm a reasonably smart human being. I can figure this out. One child at home and I worked for myself at the time. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And the, I ordered the curriculum and it arrived on the doorstep and it was like six boxes. And I was just like, what have I done? This is a terrible mistake. And, you know, it took me a little bit to find that, uh, what you're talking about, find that relaxed rhythm of lifestyle that is homeschooling, because I became in that moment, I was afraid that I wasn't going to do a good job. 
Yeah. And so, and so you take that out on your kids. So I think this happens to all new homeschool parents, right? Mm -hmm. They become the taskmaster. You will finish this worksheet. You will finish this, whatever. You're not playing outside, mister. You know, so it took me a few months to realize that was, you know, she, she broke down crying one day in, in math because I was like, you need to finish this sheet, you know, and I'm pointing my finger at her and she just started crying. And I was like, this is not working. And I, you know, I got with another homeschool mom and she's like, girl, you just need to relax. Number one, you're not going to do it wrong. No teacher in, in public school finishes every textbook to the end, mm -hmm. right? They pick out some lessons, the things mm -hmm. that they need, and then that's what they do. And so you need to be doing the same thing. Just really do what's best for your daughter. And don't worry about the expectation that you're going to finish every single problem on every single page. And so from then on, it was it was more enjoyable. We were having fun and we were, you know, she was finishing faster and because she was enjoying it and we were able to have more time to go meet other so, uh, homeschoolers, you know, for field trips or whatever. And but when it came time to go to the private school for the open house, you know, to register her, or whatever, she turned to me and she said, you know, I, I, I think the school is really nice and everybody seems really friendly and all of that. She said, but I really like being with you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I said, I'm so glad you said that because I really like being with you too. And so that was the beginning of that journey, having no idea that a year and a half later, I would adopt a sibling group of four who desperately uh -huh. needed to be home, who desperately needed that safe space to work out a lot of their uh, issues. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. And so income, you know, one to five, and uh, it, it looked a little different. We had to have some systems and processes put in place just to get through the day, especially since they couldn't read. So they were still very dependent on me for every piece of their learning. Um, so that was number one goal was to get them to the, to the reading stage. And then, you know, we did a lot together, science and history. In high school, not, but in those ages, you can do the same history, yeah. the same science, you know, and we had a lot of fun and just enjoyed things. And one day, you know, we might go to the zoo and that was art day and they would take their sketchbooks and we would sit in the penguin exhibit and sketch penguins. And, and it, so it just became part of our life. And in the meantime, I'm running a business at the same time. Um, so that that was challenging. Um, and I called it at the time to me, it really wasn't a business. It was a means to an end. And I called it chasing the mortgage payment. So for me, it was about providing for my kids because I was single and I needed to do that. Mm -hmm. And so my why in that moment for the business was have the flexibility to homeschool them, but also keep a roof over our head. There was nothing beyond that. It was just, that was my whole why. Well, as time, as the season goes on, you know, and if there's any single parents out there listening, I, you know, I, my heart goes out to single parents because I know how hard it is not to have a backup, not to have the opportunity to say, I need to step out and have a coffee with a friend because I'm about to pull on my hair out. <laughs> like you, and when you're homeschooling, it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's 24 seven. It's around the clock. Yeah, yeah, there's no break from it. And so I can remember, you know, struggling with feeling guilty because one time I came home and I was so tired. We all got in and I said, y'all, can you just eat cereal for dinner? Like, is that okay? <laughs> they were like, sure, we'll eat dinner for cereal for dinner. They thought it was great. And I just went and literally 
fell in the bed and fell asleep into a coma, fully closed, like just so tired. And remember just brushing my teeth being a win sometimes at the end of the day, because you're just exhausted. But I also remember in those moments thinking, this is a season and this is temporary and this is worth it. So I just got to keep moving. And if I keep moving, eventually it'll be different. It'll be okay. And I'll rise, you know, we'll get through this. And we did. And uh, my youngest is now 28 and uh, Vertical Solutions Media is still going strong. And my why evolved um, as my circumstances evolved. And then it became this thing, this passion that I had um, when I could turn my my direction from raising kids who were now like, you know, off on their own and having kids of their own. I'm a Nana uh, of four. Then it, then it became about, you know, who can I help with this? Mm-hmm. And so, I, and then over time, our business, our businesses we were working with got bigger and bigger. And I really felt discontent. I, I felt like I was like doing more bookkeeping than I was marketing or helping others. And I, I really felt like, do I need to be doing this anymore? But if I don't do this anymore, what, what else would I do? You know, like you have like all these thoughts going in your head. Mm-hmm. And I just lost the fire in my belly for it. And it, Part of that is why we started Time to Thrive membership is because I, I really wanted to come back to the small business owner. There's so much fulfillment in, in seeing the light bulb come on or walking them through the process of developing a business success plan and watching them work their plan and seeing the win. I mean, to me, that's just, that's life. That's passion. That's joy. And, and I, so it, it gave me back that fire in my belly. I think there's a parallel there that we can draw a comparison one to the other. you being motherly and to a, such a big family and doing the homeschool and just, just really doing the best that you can do there. And then now fast forward to now where you're, I see businesses a lot, often like kids, they're, they're, they're growing, they're growing, they're challenges, you know? And, and so helping the the little guy versus the big guy, cause you know, you could, you could choose, right? Like you could be hired all day by the big guys, but right. uh, choosing to work with and smaller businesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but, but choosing to offer a service that is geared towards the smaller business owner, I think is is great because most of the marketers and the agencies you and I were talking about, you know, they 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 just want to start up here at the top, thousands and thousands of dollars a month. And the reality is if you're a small business doing a million dollars a year in revenue with 10 employees, you can't go out and spend a hundred thousand dollars a year. You just can't. Right. It's impossible. Right. Maybe maybe you start out spending a couple thousand dollars a month. And if the leads are turning into sales, then you could say, okay, now I'd like to increase my budget. But if you're a small business owner, there's no way. So you need these sorts of, uh, whether it's taking a course or getting coaching done, uh, do it yourself, do it for me. There's a lot of variations. So tell us about Time to Thrive and what you would say is like the, the, the main value that you offer within the membership there. So one of the mistakes that business owners make, particularly when they're small, because when you're small, you're doing it all, right? You wear all the hats. And so that means you're running all day, every day, working in your business, right? And over time, what happens is you're, you're just grinding. Like you're just like, I'm grinding. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm grinding as a business owner. The problem with grinding is you could go get a job and grind. (laughs) You're not really a business owner yet. And, and you're spending all that time working in it and, 
and not carving out the time to work on it. Mm -hmm. And so that's what Time to Thrive really is about for a small business owner is this gives you the path to work on your business so that you don't become the ceiling for your business. A business can't grow past its owner right? It can't grow past your skills. It can't grow past the strategies that you're, that you know about and are able to implement. It can't grow past your mindset. It can't grow past any of that. And so for your business to grow and scale, you have to next level yourself Mm -hmm. as the business owner and raise the ceiling and keep raising the ceiling to the next level, to the next level. So that's what Time to Thrive does. Um, We have Uh, learning in different capacities, training in marketing specifics. But I didn't want to do just create something and put it out there and sell access to it like Evergreen. And like, that's a lot of what's out there, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't help people because they're trying in their mind to translate, okay, that information, how's that relevant to me? to my business. How, how do, do I apply how it? Do, how do I apply that? Right. And so I just didn't want to throw it at something like that out there and say, well, there it is, figure it out for yourself. So we actually come alongside, we do live events every week. We have open door coaching opportunities so they can just bring whatever their challenges are and we work on those live. So they can say, hey, I did this brand exercise and I'm stuck. I'm not sure if my messaging is right or, you know, whatever. And we could work with them. Mm -hmm. The cost of the membership. So they get the library, they get all the downloadables and resources, but they get the live access, which is really a big part of that. And it's $77 a month. Mm -hmm. Like I would have been ecstatic to have a resource like that when I started because Mm -hmm. I was just making mistakes and trial and error and trying to figure it out and really didn't have a resource to to go to or or to learn from I just had to go figure it out and so for the and plus the community is awesome because you have other business owners in there Mm -hmm. and and so they're yeah. sharing ideas and you're learning from, from their journey as well. Um, yeah, it's that peer, that peer to peer sort of oh, like yeah. we are, we all go, are going through the challenges. Talk to us about what, like, what are the challenges that most of these businesses are having today in the context of marketing or branding or advertising, you know, you're in, yeah. in and out every week. What's like the top one, two challenges that you're hearing. Oof. So I think the top challenge really is cutting through the noise. Like, really being creating a differential that gets you noticed. Okay. Um, too many businesses, I think, are blending in with the noise. And, and I'll tell you the reason why they do. Many business owners are so passionate about their baby. They created this baby, right? The baby is the business or whatever it is that they do. And they love that baby. And they think everybody's going to love this baby if I just tell them about how great it is, right? Yeah. That's the problem with that is you haven't, people don't care about you. (laughs) They they really don't. And you are not very clear if that's your mindset. If you're thinking that way, you're not very clear on who your customer actually is. And so there's a process that we take people through of determining your target audience, but then also carving out buyer personas and carving out those personalities and things that are most likely to connect with you and understanding what the pain points are and all of that. We take all of that as the beginning of the brand process. People think brand is their logo and it's not, right? We take the the logos, you know, 
I, it wouldn't matter what your logo is. It's what your logo represents mm -hmm. that matters, right? And we take all of that and we teach them how to map the customer journey based on the touch points of human product and system that affect the customer perception or the customer experience. And then identifying within those touch points that we've mapped in this journey, how we can next level that, how we can make that wow the customer. How can we make that surprise them? How can we make that spot right there delight them? When you figure that out, you will stand apart. People will go, what, what was that? Like, you know, that, that stands out was, tell me more, you know, mm -hmm. because you figured out who you, you most need to talk to about what you do. You understand their pain points and you're messaging the solution in the right way. But then you figured out a way to touch them in a way that took them off guard that surprised them, that delighted them in a way that they haven't experienced with anyone else. Mm -hmm. And then they go tell everybody. So it creates brand ambassadors through that process. Well, I like, I, I like that you guys have the live, Bethany, because I think to, to your point that you said, there's a lot of evergreen content out there, you know, the inbound mm -hmm. marketing, like HubSpot has millions of like Right. courses, checklists, you name it. You can go there and just download an entire terabyte of stuff. But are you going to use any of it uh, the right way? Probably not. Not if you have, if you don't have that consultant guiding you through it and solving the problems with you. So I like that you have the live piece of it, because I think that for most, in my experience, I've worked with thousands of small business owners as well. And in my experience, the, the hardest challenge for us on our side as a service provider is getting the small business owners to be consistent and stick yeah. with it long enough. And I do believe that in order for many of these small business owners to be able to do it, they actually need someone pushing them in that direction on a consistent basis, because otherwise they just won't do it themselves. I've seen it with courses. People go out and take a, a yeah. Udemy course or whatever course, and there's some amazing courses out there. But the problem is post-course. Right. Now they've Life. done the course. Life now, happens. Life happens. And then you look back, yeah. you go, yep, I spent all this time, all this money, and it was good stuff, but I didn't apply any of it. So right. I think the consistency of you offering that that live, I think it's it's got to be a huge thing because it's not for a lack of desire. It's just like you said, life happens and small business owners, right. any object, they go focus somewhere else, you know? Right, right. I call it, I mean, I call it the like, we're big on planning too. We run the, these coaching weeks on business success planning. And it, for me, planning is your guardrails. You know, you're, you're going down the road at 80 miles an hour. Guardrail keeps you from going off the cliff, Yeah. right? Shiny object, squirrel, whatever. You're, you're off on the, and you've lost focus. And now you're off chasing something instead of staying the course that you intentionally and strategically charted for yourself. You know, within a Time to Thrive membership, it, there's, there is some accountability, but a big thing for me, you know, having been a homeschool mom, a big thing for me is I understand that everybody learns differently, sure. right? We all have our different styles or preferences or ways that we mm -hmm. absorb information. It's not enough to hear the information. We have to own the information. Right. And so in homeschooling, what do we do? We create projects, we create experiences, we, you know, we give them all different ways that so that our kids who all have a different learning style are going to take it in and own it within time to thrive. That is my goal. So we have, yes, you can, you can do it live. 
you can go watch the replay. If you don't like an audience, you just want to watch it yourself, you can. If you don't want to sit in front of a computer and watch, we have a private podcast with the audio on it. So you can listen to it going down the road if that's you. And if you just like to hold things in your hand, you're a tactile person, you can download the seven or eight page workbook that was created for that lesson. Mm -hmm. And you can read all of the bullet points and the highlights and fill in the blanks. Sure. So for, for me, that it wasn't just about creating a video library. It was about creating a learning experience, regardless of your learning style, so that you can absorb and own the information so that it will be applied to your business. And then you have, we have the mastermind group that everybody's in engaging in on the daily. Um, so, and I'm, I'm friends on Facebook with everybody. <laughs> and so I'll see them post a win. I'm like grabbing the win and I'm sharing it with the group. Like, Hey, Hey, look at so-and-so look what happened. You know, one of our, one of our members just got, he's a success magazines, one of top 125. And they, they just, uh, you know, put put his face on the in the magazine or whatever so I was like grabbing that hey looking so and so and then it might just be somebody who's um got some sort of uh acknowledgement because maybe their business is a little bit smaller there's all sizes shapes and places in the journey in there which I love because that's how you learn right you you want to be around people who are further along so yeah. whether so if you've been in business in 10 years you want to be you know, around people who have been in 20 years. If you're just starting out, everybody's in front of you, everybody mm -hmm. you can learn from, right? So I love the community aspect of it. When I ask the members for testimonials, uh, almost 100%, there's always a comment about the community mm -hmm. um, aspect of it. Yeah, no, I think it's important. I mean, it, it, most of the platforms out there, if they don't have that tribe mentality where people can lean on each other, I, I see it with Google. Google, I remember, I think, I want to say it's about eight or nine years ago, because we were in the beta, they launched an app called Primer. And Primer was like, you know, really one of the first digital marketing apps out there. That's all it used to be. Today, if you go to Primer, they offer everything about entrepreneurship, accounting, hiring, all things small business, all things, small business. And of course, at the end, they point you to go spend some money on Google ads and use all our other free tools. Okay. But the platform, the app is actually very good. These are five, 10, 20 minute lessons. They, you know, you could tell they put a lot of time into it. The problem is there is no community. Right. Every, everyone is on their own. And, you know, look, I'm sure it could work for some people, but when I get the question, in, in, in any talk that I give, like, hey, what do you, what do you recommend that I do? Should I follow this or go to HubSpot or go here? I'm like, listen, you could do all those things, but you really want to find a company that has like that academy mentality where, you know, everyone is moving forward together. And it sounds like that's what you've built with time to thrive. So. Yes. And um, I mean, I'm really invested. I mean, I, for me, I had to figure out a way that I could do this and make it make sense financially for us yeah. as an agency to get behind because, you know, obviously at $77 a month, I need to add up a number of people <laughs> to make that worth our time and mm -hmm. investment to do that. But the thing is with a lot of stuff that's out there, it's very hypey. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, pay this money and uh, 
three steps and you're going to be super successful. Like they make all these crazy promises. Yeah. You see that, all the YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. They're just total BS. And a lot of them too are doing this uh, carrot to get you in. And then they want to high ticket you into some five or 10,000 or more something or other. So, and it's high pressure. It's very manipulative. If I can use that word, a lot of them. And I just, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. It takes advantage of people because they're believing, oh man, if I pay this 10,000 and they're taking out home equity lines to pay for it and no, <laughs> please don't do that. And so like inside the membership, we're not upselling anything. It's the membership. Yeah. And you'll get out of it what you put into it. If you do the work, you'll get a result. Um, and if you need help, you're going to get help and you have access to that. So it, it's. But but it, you know what? It's funny. It's because I <clears throat> when I talk to a lot of like business coaches, they'll often if they didn't come from that world with like Tony Robbins and those guys, they're like, you know, the work that I'm doing is like really like intentional and I'm, I'm in it to really help the clients and they offer like a very good price and all of that. But then they got to compete with those organizations like Tony with Robbins and yeah, yeah, with the hype and the people are spending 10, 20, $30,000 and, and they, they'll come back to me if they don't have any marketing, you know, uh, expertise. And they say, but, but how did they do it? I say, well, yeah, it's, it's the marketing, it's the hype. So one can make case that, you know, it's not he who has the best service or the best price. It's he or she who has the best hype, which I think gets back to your original point, Bethany, which is you need to craft that story and create that brand and the messaging that is compelling enough to compete with the guys who who are hyping it up. Because if you just try to be too humble and just build it and not put it out there, I mean, it's not going to work. Yeah, well, I would pull that back in and say the people who are following the hype aren't necessarily my ideal audience. Mm-hmm. My ideal audience are those who aren't afraid to do the work, who understand mm-hmm. that it takes more than three secret things to be successful, that there's elbow grease involved in this process, um, that they don't know everything and they don't mm-hmm. know what they don't know. So they're wise enough to go find somebody who can help them. Those are that's the a people. good point. No, you that's know, a great, that's a great point. People. Yeah, no, and you're absolutely right. You have to know, I, at the beginning of COVID, I wrote an ebook, which then I turned it into a book. And I've had people who, like you said, who are the people that are looking for the other thing, come back and say, well, I just don't have time to go read a 350 page book, 70,000 words. And I'm like, okay, well, then I understand you're not my customer, right? Because my customer is the one who really wants to learn and apply what took me 15 years to learn. And so I think it, that is a great point in, in, and not only for anyone in our industry, but anyone, anyone business that you don't always chase every deal that comes across your desk. And that's a mistake, yeah. you know, if, if you do, I know, do that. I know business owners who have spent $250,000 in yeah. coaching programs or, you know, whatever the hype stuff that never got a result, mm-hmm. never got one thing from it, but they keep 
they kept buying because there was the, the promise pressure. and the hope <laughs> and the whatever, right? It's the and pressure. And so they keep out, well, maybe this time it'll work. Maybe this time it'll work. Those aren't necessarily the people who are going to be attracted to Bethany's message of, hey, come do the work. Let's work yeah. on your business together. Let me show you the direction that you could take your business. Let's brainstorm. Like these open door coaching sessions we do, we just jump in there. I'm like, what are you most challenged with right now? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? Have you tried this? And they're like, whoa, I hadn't even thought of that. And, you know, so that little nugget right there, is that worth $77 a month? Uh, absolutely. I, mean, I think you just so. have to be, yeah, I agree. And you just have to be willing to invest the time and the effort right. to do it. And, and to know that there is no silver bullet, it is hard work. And you have to be really intentional and show up every day and execute it. And whether it's marketing, sales, customer service, whatever, you know, you can't just go do it. Like every time I go speak at a, in a conference or do a, a masterclass, I would say that, which is also not very popular, which is like, what are you going to do with this information when you're out of here? People look at you like, shut up, just do your thing. Okay. Cause I'm not going to do the work after. And I would, I wrote an article on Forbes years ago. That was like, if you go to a conference, you have to have a pre-conference plan, a conference and a post-conference. What are you going to do post-conference? How are you going to follow up? To, and people are like, oh, you complicated. I'm like, no, but it's the plan. Like I can't go to a conference. Even if I spend only two, three hours watching sessions, come out of those sessions with my notes and do nothing with it. I got to do Wait. something with it. Even if I find out that what I did didn't really move the needle, but at least I, I applied it. Right. But to not apply it, not good. Yeah. I did a whole course on networking and I, I mean, people think networking is that they're going to show up to all the chamber meetings and the, the B and I group or the whatever. And this is networking. That is not networking. That's socializing <laughs> and socializing has a place because, you know, you make connections and you build friendships and all of that, but don't call it networking. Networking is understanding the objective you want from that event mm -hmm. and that you've already done the research and know the two people or maybe three people that you you want to connect with and get a result from. Yeah. I want lunch with that person. I want a meeting with that person. You know, that's networking. So too many people are socializing and think it's networking. Same thing about the conference, right? It's just having this intentionality and being strategic about everything we do because time and uh, time is, is limited. We have yeah. only so much time in a day. Um, I read a book called The Power of Full Engagement. Have you ever read that? No. And no. so it talks about how time management is just is a bunch of bunk because it's really about energy management. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if yeah. you have a higher energy, you can get more done in a same period Small, of time. Yeah. But anyway, I, it's, you know, that's the big thing that I'm about is the intentionality, the planning, being strategic, being intentional. Mm -hmm. Yeah, all of that. Well, I love I love it. I, I know that our listeners, many of them who, you know, are looking for that done with me type of service, the membership that isn't thousands of dollars, but they can enter into something that is affordable, not going to break the bank. Um, I think they're going to be attracted to what we're, what we've talked about here today. You gave us some good tips too. So that's great. Um, any, anything you want to leave us with today, uh, Bethany? I think it was great. We got to talk about your, your time as a, a, a homeschool parent, all those years and what you learned from there and what you're applying now, but anything else that you want to leave us with? Yeah, I think that this has been a really tough time for businesses over the last couple of years. So I think a lot of businesses have struggled to figure out 
how to remain relevant. Mm -hmm. um, you know, pivot has been the word of the decade. You know, everybody's talking about the big pivot. You know, whatever, if you're in that place, I just kind of want to leave a word of encouragement. Make sure that your mindset is right. Make sure that you're, you know, not so doom and gloom that you're like creating your own path in that direction. So check your, check your mindset, set goals, set an action plan, move forward, you know, focus on your customers and you'll get through it. Perfect. Well, that's a great, great positive note to, to end the podcast on. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Bethany. Thanks for having me. 